I will never forget the sound of that morning. After months of preparations, the Russian president Vladimir Putin has launched a major military operation against Ukraine. The constant ringing of my phone, the barrage of notifications and messages that were pinging every few seconds, and the almost constant stream of news on the TV in my living room. On the morning of February 24th, 2022, Russia decided to launch a full-scale invasion of my native Ukraine that would change the lives of millions of Ukrainians forever. I was at home in London when it all began. I've never felt as paralyzed with fear as I did that morning, anxiously trying to reach my friends and family so that I could hear their voices saying that they were okay. This state of paralysis would continue for many days, then months, and now years. Today, it has become the new normal. But if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine, I would have probably continued living my life the way I have been for the past 14 years, desperately trying to be part of a society that wasn't the one I was born into. I spent most of my life living abroad and did everything possible to fit in, yet was never able to achieve that. But the war and the pain of watching my home go up in flames from afar did something to me. It gave me no choice but to plunge myself into Ukrainian society again. It made me question why I had never wanted to do that before. I started drifting further and further away from what was familiar to me and towards something that I had yet to discover in myself. Russia was actively trying to destroy us as a nation and my way of fighting back was reconnecting with my roots. That is how I met Maxim, Stas, and Marichka. Maxim was a journalist, Marichka was a communications expert, Stas was a UX writer, and I was a human rights campaigner. We were all Ukrainian, but we lived in different countries, had different jobs, and came from different backgrounds. We were four total strangers who would soon meet online and develop a friendship that would set us on a journey to better understand ourselves and Ukraine. But where did it take us and what did we learn? This is a special season of Ukrainian Spaces, a podcast elevating diverse Ukrainian voices and explaining Ukraine to the world. Okay, I'm starting again. Um, So as I said, unfortunately, we recorded a beautiful conversation between Maxim and I in person, and we don't get to meet in person that often, but we did. However, our team decided that the quality of the recording wasn't good enough, so we have to do it again, and we have to record our conversation again on Zoom. So here we are, recording online, as we have been for the past two years, um, and just like looking at each other through the screen, so... That's great. But <laughs> Maxim, um, why did we start Ukrainian Spaces? Do you remember? What did we think back then? What inspired us to do this? I think some days or weeks before the full-scale invasion. And then afterwards, we were exchanging these messages and we're calling to each other. And I remember we were very frustrated because... Uh, 
we were seeing that 24-7 coverage about Ukraine all around the world in English and other foreign languages, but no Ukrainian voices whatsoever in that coverage. And even those few Ukrainian voices that were allowed to be on that coverage, they were often either boxed or expected to say certain things in certain way. So there was, in the end, no raw, unfiltered, diverse side of Ukrainian voices that really represented the Ukraine we knew and uh, we understood. It all started from an exchange of messages on Twitter that happened out of despair and isolation and eventually led to the foundation of our podcast. On February 27, 2022, at 10.59 a.m., just three days after the full-scale invasion, I opened my Twitter and started typing a DM to Maxim. Hey, I've been so frustrated with conversations I've had recently with some foreigners about Ukraine, particularly on the history of Russian colonialism, occupation and annexation. Hey, yes, this is only an emerging conversation, but it's a gaining traction now. When I started mainstreaming a couple of years ago, it wasn't on anyone's radar abroad at all. Our podcast would soon grow into a community of incredible guests, listeners, and patrons from all over the world who would support us unconditionally. Some would give us monthly donations, others would share our episodes, and many would engage with us live during our broadcasts. We are extremely grateful to each and every one of them for being with us and for allowing us to share our own stories over the years and now this season in a more intimate way. But why did they support us? I asked one of them, Akiko from Japan, to send us a short voice note. I support Ukrainian spaces because to learn about Ukraine and the truth about Ukraine, the best source obviously is speaking with Ukrainians, learning from Ukrainians. And Ukrainian Spaces is a very kind of well-rounded place to learn about many aspects of Ukraine, the true history, its people, culture, the beautiful people and culture. The most important take back from Ukrainian Spaces is that it's a place where even though it was created under a situation with background of full-scale invasion, it's a place of warmth, humor, and where I can see resolution of the strength of resolution of the Ukrainian people. So it's it's very uplifting, even with the background that it started. Back then, we were recording three episodes a week, both because we wanted to platform as many Ukrainians as we could, but also because we needed it ourselves to help us stay sane. Hi. Slava Ukrainian. Hello, I'm Slava. How are you? Um, I'm, uh, I'm busy. Everyone's alive, so that constitutes a very good good. Yes. And okay, I think. Yeah. How are you? How is your loved ones? <laughs> I like your answer, actually. Yeah, everyone's thankfully alive. So it's been interesting week. The longer it gets, does doesn't get easier, does it? Stas and Marichka were amongst our first guests. Okay, so Stas, please introduce yourself the way you want it, but also let us know uh, what your life has been before the invasion and what it looks like now. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'll, right at the beginning, I wanted to say that I'm also here with me is Maria. She's, uh, uh, we're doing this project, Ukraine Explainers, together. Uh, hi, Maria. Hi, hi, <laughs> hello, everyone. Yeah, I just wanted to say this uh, like from the beginning so everybody doesn't get confused. 
uh, with two voices coming out of my avatar. It's been almost a year and a half since then. A lot of things have happened and changed. But I was wondering what they remembered from back then. Um, I remember we had a period with Stas when our Ukraine explainers became popular and were shared lots online. We gave multiple interviews, took part in different podcasts and wrote many posts those days. That's when you guys invited us to your podcast on what was called Twitter Live back then. So we spoke to you both about our work, identities and feelings. And I felt like, wow, it was one of the best conversation I had in that period. It was very intellectual, safe and interesting. I also wanted to speak with you for many, many days. You both became my friends very fast and I really appreciate it. I remember the first moment I went live on Ukrainian spaces as a guest. I relaxed and felt calm and curious throughout our whole conversation. Like I already knew you both, like we were just chatting in someone's kitchen. That's when I knew how special this connection was. They joined us for at least another five episodes. This included our live show in Warsaw, hosted by our friends from Sonyashnik Collective, with a real audience full of dedicated listeners and those curious to learn more about us. This is when the online materialized into real life. Uh, hi everyone, thank you so much for coming. Um, so, the Ukrainian spaces exist uh, like almost a year. And, uh, you know, like everything with Ukraine, we've already had two seasons as a live show, as a podcast show, uh, in just one year. Uh, but it feels like 10, de- 10, 10 years a decade. So for season three, uh, that we wanted to launch right before the, uh, uh, to commemorate the date of full-scale invasion, we decided that we need to go a bit bigger, or go home, and then try to assemble a live show and actually see your faces while we're talking. Um, and we decided to still like go a bit conservative and surround ourselves with our friends who we you know, love talking anyway, so it's less awkward. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for coming. And uh, if you can also give a round of applause to our patron sponsors that make sure that the show is possible and finance it, 100%. That will be super great because a lot of them are going to be listening to this as a, as a report at home as well. But what really made four total strangers connect in those first few paralyzing months of the full-scale invasion of our home? Today, it seems to me that it was the visceral need to simultaneously learn and share more about ourselves, our identity, our history, and our family stories that created a bond between us. A bond between people who never came across each other before, but now had a common mission of sharing our experiences, thoughts, feelings, and memories online and in public in the hope of convincing the world to help our native Ukraine. And that common mission ultimately led to today. What also connected us, as you heard before, was the frustration with the fact that many foreigners online seem to completely overlook the vast history of Russian colonial domination, from Tsarist Russia 
through to the Soviet Union and beyond that so many Ukrainians and other people colonized by Russia had been pointing to for years. For us, that history of Russian colonial domination lived in our family stories and connected us to each other. It was our best bet in explaining what Russia was doing to Ukraine and many others before Ukraine in 2022 and still today. If we all share these lived experiences independently, then maybe we're not wrong. So guys, why do we need to look at our past to understand our present and our future and ourselves? Maxim. Okay, so the the main thing I think is the most frustrating one, and it's about these popular abroad misconceptions that the genocide and the war is something unprecedented that just started either two years ago in you know, in some minds of people, it's a popular misconception or eight years ago, which is technically true, but in reality, it is not. What Ukrainians are fighting for and the Ukrainian state is fighting for has started centuries ago. And I think it's important through these stories of each and every Ukrainian to show how this has been a journey that the resistance that our generation is going through is very much similar to the resistance that our parents went through, our grandparents and grand-grandparents, and so, so many generations of Ukrainians before. And for me personally, I think this is the biggest misconception that unfortunately daily we have to address over and over and over again. But maybe in my opinion, as a journalist, as a storyteller, the best way to do it is to share intimate, personal stories to show this journey, to illustrate it. Stas, Marichka? Yeah, like I'm totally with you on this, especially our region overall, like Eastern Europe has been a blind spot for many scholars of colonialism. Basically, just like we are hard to pin on the map in terms of ideas, ideologists, and so People don't really understand why Ukrainians are fighting, what they're fighting for. And I think looking into the past is crucial to like explain how we ended up here, how Russia ended up invading us multiple times, and how we ended up to surprise of everybody else, I think, you know, resisting resisting successfully and just, you know, refusing to to step down. And of course, I totally agree. But, you know, when I'm thinking about our past, like especially not the very further one, I think that there are so many mistakes that could be avoided if, for example, the world asked us to join NATO in 2008 and like they didn't do it. Then after the occupation of Crimea, for example, the reaction of the U.S. and the whole international community was also so soft that right now we have this fully ongoing genocide that is actually, like for me, the consequences of the previous actions of international community. Later, after I recorded a conversation on Zoom, Stas sent me a follow-up message about this. And it was simply too perfect in describing how I felt to not be included in this episode. I often found and still find myself referring to so many events in Ukraine's history just to explain something fairly simple about the current events in Ukraine. But it is how it is. You can't understand Ukraine without laying down this rich context that has been largely ignored by mainstream media and scholars. 
And I guess my generation has this enormous lived experience of seeing the country transform from a post-Soviet periphery to a place where democracy fights back against neocolonialism and authoritarianism. That is why this season we will be taking you through five distinct periods in the history of modern Ukraine that overlapped with our lives. We'll share with you our memories and thoughts to explore how we are connected and shaped into the Ukrainians of today. Decolonization means revisiting our past to make sense of our future, and this season will take you through that process. In episode one, we plunge into the haunting aftermath of the Chernobyl disaster, discussing the collective trauma experienced by the Ukrainian people and its significance for our country today. Episode two takes us back to the pivotal years of the 1990s, exploring Ukraine's quest for renewed independence and the complex issues of colonialism, sovereignty, and resistance that accompanied it. In episode three, we go back to our school years and the Orange Revolution, engaging in a discussion about language, culture, and the erasure of Ukrainian heritage through our own stories. Prepare for a special edition in episode four as we talk about Crimea with a special guest. In episode five, we shift our focus to the 2014 Maidan revolution and the events that followed it, shedding light on the spirit of resistance that ignited change in Ukraine then and throughout its history. We'll talk about how it shaped us as young adults and prepared us for the unthinkable today. Episode six brings us to the present day, where we navigate the complex landscape of the 2022 full-scale invasion and the new reality facing Ukraine. Join us as we unravel the threads that connect the past, present, and future of our nation and find out what united us as four people living completely different lives in 2022. If you want to listen to these episodes sooner than the general public, subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Ukrainian spaces. Our next episode is already out.